Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome again to Polygamy, What Love Is This? I'm your host, Doris Hansen, and the, one of the reasons for our show is to let polygamists know that the Bible never condones or commands polygamy, that God's grace is the only way a person ever gets into eternal glory. Before we get started, we want you to know we do help people leave polygamy. We help them know that God will not come after them or be angry at them for getting away. You can call our toll-free number 877-425-9993 for a private and confidential conversation about your situation and how we can help you. You can go to our website, shieldandrefuge.org, for information about our ministry. And you can contact us by email if you would like to be on our show or if you have any questions or comments about any of our shows it is email at whatloveisthis.tv and audio versions of our program are available go to our website's main page for information or to soundcloud.com slash whatloveisthis our show is also available on itunes podcast and now we have available a co-host Earl Erskine, thank Surprise. you so much. <laughs> yeah. Surprise. Surprise, you're here today. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're grateful so much for Well, for I enjoy you. this, and yeah. I appreciate you asking me to share in this. Well, it's, it's, it's good. Yeah. It's good stuff. Teaching people the truth. Both from the same background, yeah, whether they yeah, admit they it or not. Yeah, I'm from polygamy, true. you're from Mormon, but it all started out with well, Joseph Smith. I, I was going to live it someday. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, someday, for eternity. Yeah. Joseph Smith, section 132, says that, actually, right. in the Mormon Doctrine and Covenants, and it continues to ruin people's lives as they live and die believing that polygamy will earn them godhood. In section 132, Joseph Smith claims that God justifies a man who takes many wives in order to achieve celestial glory. Now, the idea that a man must have a harem as his ladder to heaven is preposterous when yeah. you stop and think about it, especially in light of the fact that the only act and event in human history that has the power to bring us to God is Jesus Christ dying on the cross to pay for the sins of sinners and his resurrection from the dead. How can polygamy ever replace or even stand alongside or be mentioned in the same breath as having any authority compared to the cross of Jesus Christ? Jesus is the ladder to heaven. Nothing is equal to him and polygamy can do nothing. And just because our country boasts religious freedom is no excuse for our country to refuse to enforce the laws it has passed. Yet polygamy rages on. Sometimes we are belittled and chastised because we continue to bring up the fact that polygamy is against the law. For instance, someone left the following comments on our Polygamy What Love Is This social media page, and we are going to quote word for word what he wrote. And in this, he's saying bigots as meaning us. The ones as meaning us, yeah. The pe people that, yeah. So the bigots have only one lame excuse for an argument. It's against the law, blah, 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 as if the law is automatically sacrosanct. 
They don't want to talk about the constitutionality of the portion of the state's bigoted anti-bigamy statute that attacks consenting adults. They don't want to talk about it, and I seriously wonder if my post here will be removed to maintain the echo chamber here. Banning and felonizing con consenting adults for exercising their constitutional right to free association, their constitutional right to religion, and their constitutional right to due process before losing the right to marry is so unconstitutional that I dare this page to allow this discussion. Saying it's against the law over and over is not a discussion, that's evasion. Laws are declared unconstitutional all the time and wiped off the books. It's been happening since the dawn of this nation, and it will happen again to the bigoted and blatantly unconstitutional portion of Utah's statute that attacks consenting adults. It's coming, tick-tock. <laughs> Families of consenting adults will finally be able to come out of the shadows of evil threats and intimidation from bigots. By the way, I'm so tired of how bigots constantly imply that all polygamists are child brides. Smearing an entire group is classic bigotry. So he accused us of being the bigots yes. and the bigotry. And, of course, we did not take his comments off the page. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting right. that we should have that discussion. Now, the dictionary defines the word bigot like this. It's a prejudiced person who is intolerant of any opinions differing from his own. Yet it's evident that this person is bigoted against us, against those who criticize polygamy. He charged that we only have one lame excuse for our arguments against polygamy, which is, it's against the law. Well, that's not true. No, that's not true. We have made our case against polygamy from many and diverse viewpoints. Yes, we do use the, the law. It's sure. against the law as a primary argument against polygamy. And we have no need to apologize for that. Polygamy has always been against the law in the United States and its territories, against the law in Canada and in Mexico. All the locations that the Mormons lived and practiced polygamy, they knew it was illegal at the time and in the place that they were living it. Twelfth and Article we're not supposed to... <laughs> Twelfth Article of Faith says they're supposed to obey the law. Exactly. Yeah. And we're not supposed to be critical of that. But we have used many different arguments yeah. in our case against polygamy, and we're going to name 11 of them. One is that polygamy takes away the rights of others. Polygamy has been proven to be abusive to women and children. Polygamy is not a condoned or commanded practice in the Bible, as they claim. And in fact, polygamy is prohibited in the Bible. And number five, Jesus confirmed Genesis 2.24 that monogamy was God's standard for marriage. And the early Mormon leaders practiced polygamy in secret and publicly denied it, making it highly suspect. Yeah. Jesus didn't do anything, <laughs> said and did nothing in secret. Number seven, living polygamy to merit favor with God and earn eternal life takes away from the true gospel and blinds the minds of its followers against biblical truths. Number eight, Joseph Smith called it a new and everlasting covenant, which wiped out the work of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross for our eternal life and replaced it with polygamy. Number nine, Joseph Smith wrote that God condemned both biblical polygamists and polygamy itself in the Book of Mormon, but in section 132 of the Doctrine and Covenants, he contradicted himself by saying God justified biblical polygamists and those who don't live polygamy 
will be damned. Number 10, the United States Supreme Court has upheld religious freedom, but has specifically ruled that religious freedom cannot be exercised at the expense of personal rights and abuses within religious practices. And number 11, forcing by guilt, obligation, and threats of hell and damnation is not proper exercise of religious freedom. Now, this is 11 of the arguments that we've made through the years of uh, against polygamy. And if anybody has been watching our programs during these past 10 years, they would know that we have made many yeah. valid arguments, not just that it's against the law. He insinuated that the bigots against polygamy have been casting shadows of evil threats and intimidation against polygamists. We have never threatened or intimidated anyone who is in polygamy. Our purpose is yeah. and has always been to give them help and hope and encouragement and assistance, all of which were not available to me or to many, many others who have escaped from the abuses of Mormon polygamy groups. We help them understand that God will not pursue them in vengeance for leaving and that God loves them through and because of Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the Savior, not polygamy. We present information and resources that were not available just a few years ago to those who, who escape. We have never, ever threatened anyone. And finally, to answer his statement that we imply that all polygamists are child brides, we've never said that. But we have certainly exposed it when it happens, and yeah, we'll continue to expose it. There have been examples of that. You betcha. And further, every single Mormon polygamy group has practiced child bride plural marriage within their historical existence, beginning with Joseph Smith. Our critic complains that taking away the right to practice polygamy takes away their constitutional right to live their religion. Yeah. But again, the Supreme Court has ruled already that behaving abusively or illegally in religion is not protected free exercise of our rights. Now, repeatedly saying that polygamy is against the law is not an evasion, as he charged, but is a constant reminder to our lawmakers and to politicians they aren't doing their jobs, <laughs> and perhaps they should. At least Canada has steadily moved forward in that respect. And, speaking of Canada, on July 25, 2017, just a few weeks ago, the Toronto Star ran a news article after two men in Canada were found guilty because they practiced polygamy. We want to share two reader responses to their article. Yeah, this is in the uh, op-ed in, in the Tor Toronto Star, July 30, 2017. I am so glad to hear of the guilty verdict in this case. Religious freedom should never trump basic human rights. It seems that bountiful Bishop Winston Blackmore thinks only men get to have rights. What about the rights of women to choose who to marry and when to marry? A few years ago, when this issue was in the news, a female reporter asked a man from Bountiful if women in his community could have more than one husband. He looked shocked and said that would be wrong. So equal rights for women are wrong in his mind. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah. it, it, it shocks them when somebody mentions something like that. Of course, we're not justifying that women take multiple husbands by, by no, reading no. this on the show. We're only sharing others' opinions in Canada about that court case that 
has recently taken place. Now, there's another reader comment from the same article we want to share with you. Yeah, Canadians should be rejoicing the fact that after decades of ignoring its own laws, the government prosecuted Winston Blackmore for his crime of polygamy and convicted him of abusing women and children. However, this victory is overshadowed by the fact that the government was complicit in his long reign of abuse. Blackmore's argument that he thought having multiple wives is legal in Canada because no one took him to court makes legal, if not moral, sense. History shows that the Canadian government suffers from moral timidity because of the chilling effect of religion on constitutional law. It therefore refused to charge him with polygamy and stop his criminal behavior. That despicable negligence is what is most shocking and disturbing about this case and calls into question Canadian values. The government knew what to do but hesitated because it feared transgressing the Charter's freedom of religion. That's religious legal abuse. Surely it's a moral perversity when the welfare of women and children has to be sacrificed in order to protect, protect Canada's freedom of religion. That's a devil's bargain that reasonable Canadians should resist. I really particularly liked this letter because it's precisely what's going on with Mormon polygamy in the United States today. Yeah. The government knows what to do, what yeah. to do yeah. but they fear the Mormon religion and so they don't do anything. They know the incest that's going on. They know the abuse that's going on within the polygamist homes. They know the child marriages and forced marriages and co uh, the, the coercion that takes place, but they still do nothing no matter what uh, or how often people talk against it. Mm. They do nothing. Mm -hmm. And it's just like this writer said, they know what to do, but they don't do it because they're afraid of the religion. So women and children remain as victims and are sacrificed because our rule of law is impotent when it comes to Mormon polygamy. Now besides polygamy, there is another odd thing going on in which Utah can brag about being first. If you want to call it bragging. <laughs> yeah. A recent article on BBC.com explained about a disastrous genetic disorder that is so rare that the odds of inheriting it is 1 in 400 million. It's called fumarase deficiency. It is an inherited disorder of the metabolism. According to Wikipedia, there are 20 known cluster cases of it documented in the FLDS polygamy community. Hmm. We quote from the article. In this small isolated community of FLDS, the likelihood of being born with fumaras? Fumarase. Fumarase, thank you. Fumarase deficiency is over a million times above the global average. Fumarase deficiency is rare because it's recessive. It only develops if a person inherits two faulty copies of the gene, one from each parent. Well, evidently that's happening down in Colorado City. Yeah. The surnames of Jessup and Barlow dominate the population of the FLDS polygamy group. Now, according to an FLDS historian, 75 to 80 percent of the FLDS are blood relatives of Joseph Jessup and John Barlow. Now, the fumarase deficiency gene has been traced back to Joseph Jessup's first wife, Martha. She gave birth to 14 children, one of whom married John Barlow, and genetic mutations began in both family lines, we quote. 
Today, the number of people carrying the fum fumarase. Thank you. <laughs> I've asked you that even before. Fumarase gene in short crick is thought to be in the thousands. Which brings us to the good news. Since inbreeding tends to uncover recessive mutations that would normally remain in hiding, studying these communi communities has helped scientists to identify many disease-causing genes. That's because genetic information is useless, useless on its own. To be meaningful to medical research, it must be linked to information about disease. In fact, more human disease genes have been discovered in Utah with its Mormon history than any other place in the world. Isn't that something? Amazing. Isn't that something? And of course, that is because of its unusual polygamist intermarrying yeah. heritage. Yeah. And it's interesting that Utah has more of the fumarase deficiency and also more human disease genes than any other place on the planet. Uh, Jesus said that bad fruits come from uh, bad doctrine, right? Bad <laughs> yeah, root produces right. bad fruit, and I think that this is where we see that happening. With polygamy, the overall genetic diversity is decreased because relatively few men have major impact on the genetic impact on the next generation in polygamy groups. Now polygamous men generally father dozens and sometimes there's hundreds of children. So genetic mutation becomes an inescapable result. In the FLDS and in the Kingston group and in other uh, polygamists who have been inbreeding for several generations now, the problem is intensified. One remark from social media said this. The marriages that produced offspring affected fum by fumarase deficiency were arranged by FLDS prophets. The people involved were told it was God's will to marry someone closely related. The group also doesn't allow birth control of any form. Even after having multiple offspring with genetic disorders, the people involved just have no choice but to continue the dysfunction, bizarre but real for FLDS. That's so true. And yeah. you know what? I just want to say right here to any polygamist that's watching, God does not command those kinds of marriages. It is not His will for this kind of no. thing to take place at all. When one man takes seven wives, six men don't get a wife. And extra males are forced out of the community, which leaves fewer and fewer men and a shallower gene pool. Now, the leader of the Kingston group said as he began teaching that Kingston siblings should and could marry each other, he said, yes, there may be genetic mistakes, but the mistakes are worth the results. Well, he was trying to breed a super race through yeah. incest, claiming that Kingston blood was the purest on the planet <laughs> and that the Kingstons are the polygamy bloodline of Jesus Christ. Well, that man was cruelly mistaken. The fumarase deficiency in the FLDS and the uncountable numbers of birth defects are still, uh, and stillbirths in the Kingston yeah. group prove that genetic diversity must be maintained. There is a reason for laws against incest. Now, we'd like to point out to our polygamous or LDS viewers some of the conspicuous contradictions that are found within the pages of their own scriptures and teaching manuals. 
Someone recently brought to our attention a heretical and contradictory LDS teaching. We begin in their Doctrine and Covenants, verses 106 and 107, which tells us that God is somebody who certain LDS saints can become or be made equal with. We quote. A little blasphemy here. Uh-huh. Doctrine and Covenants 88, 106, 107. And again, another angel shall sound his trump, which is the seventh angel, saying, It is finished, it is finished. The Lamb of God hath overcome and trodden the winepress alone, even the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And then shall the angels be crowned with the glory of his might, and the saints shall be filled with his glory and receive their inheritance and be made equal with him. There it is, made equal with him. Yet the LDS New New Testament Gospel Doctrine Teacher's Manual, published by the LDS Church, 1999 edition, page 108, defines blasphemy as being irreverent toward God or claiming to be equal with God. Now, we've talked about Mormonism contradicting itself and have done several shows presenting examples of the contradiction, but this is a big one. Whoever wrote the Gospel Doctrine Teacher's Manual forgot to read Joseph Smith's Doctrine and Covenants about becoming equal with God, which Joseph Smith claimed is a future goal for the faithful in Mormonism. So these contradictions continue to be found out and published, and those who have ears to hear will respond by turning from Mormonism's lies and seeking the truths of God. But since Joseph Smith did, in fact, write and teach that men can become gods, and polygamists also think that living polygamy is going to earn them godhood, we'll show you what God has to say about anyone in all creation who aspires to be equal with or like God. From Isaiah chapter 40, 25, and 26, To whom will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift your eyes and look to the heavens, who created all these. He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name, because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. So there, God is challenging anyone, everyone, to come forward and present to him anyone who is equal with him or who can be like him. He uses the creation of the cosmos as an example that he alone is God, the creator and sustainer. We have another verse from Isaiah. Yeah, a little further in chapter 46, five and six. To whom will you compare me or count me equal? To whom would you liken me that we may be compared? Some pour out gold from their bags and weigh out silver on the scales. They hire a goldsmith to make it into a god and they bow down and worship it. He's talking about the foolishness of people who think that they are gods in embryo, who bow down to a created thing. It's called idolatry. And humans are a created thing to think humans can become gods. We have another one in chapter 46. Yeah, verses eight and nine. Remember this, fix it in mind, take it to heart, you rebels. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. So they can't become like God. They can't become equal with God or become a God. In fact, God here is calling them rebels 
They need to know that he alone is God. There is no other God and there is no one like him, never has been and never will be. Now, Jesus, when he was here, his life was threatened several times before they ended up crucifying him. And we read about one of those times and why in John chapter 5. Now, verse 18. For this reason, the Jews tried all the harder to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So they wanted to kill him because he was trying to be, uh, they thought he was trying to be equal with God. Of course, he was, is God, uh, but they didn't recognize him or accept him as their God. And they knew that anyone who claimed to be equal with God was deserving of death. So, of course, um, they try, that's when they tried to kill him. Of course, yeah. they didn't succeed at that time. Now, Jesus is God, and Jesus alone is God. And there's no, he's not God of this world. He is God of everything all uh, through all time and all eternity. Yet Mormonism, after all the evidence to the contrary, continues to teach they can and will become like God and that they will become gods themselves and rule and be worshipped in their own worlds. This, again, is what God says. Hmm. Isaiah chapter 14, 12 through 15. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Notice verse 14. He wants to become like the Most High. Yeah. He wants to become like God. Mm -hmm. And God said, no way, and kicked him out of heaven. You certainly won't get into heaven by thinking you're going to become like him. And that was the lie that he gave to the uh, Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve in the garden. <laughs> Becoming like God is nothing but nonsense and blasphemy and is the very reason Satan fell into perdition. And so my question is, why, when, when this information is here, uh, polygamists and Mormons alike, why do they believe Joseph Smith, hmm. but they fail to believe God? Well, to be honest, we just, I think, just ignore these kinds of scriptures. I mean, we have such a shallow knowledge of the Bible and the interpretation, the correct interpretation in context that we're not, anything that doesn't really flow into Mormon doctrine, we just say, well, it's translated incorrectly. Translated incorrectly. We don't even, we don't even give it a second thought. One person I was talking about this, um, and he said, and I quoted verses in Isaiah, like the we quoted today, right. and he said, well, that's just talking about stone idolatry. It's not talking about other gods in the universe. Oh, is that right? That's what, that's what he said. But yeah. that, he's the only God, period. You know, whether it's, whether it's a stone idol or a human who thinks they can become like God or a God. It just isn't going to happen. No. Okay, well, that's the end of another time together. Thank, Thank you so you. much, Earl. Thanks. It was very, very <laughs> fascinating. You know, our culture rejects other religions for having no authority to teach people God's truths. Yet Jesus commissioned all of his disciples to go forth and make more disciples. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, after Peter's sermon, 3,000 people believed and were saved and were baptized. There weren't hundreds of Mormon priesthood holders there to baptize three new believers the same day. So who baptized all those people? 
obviously Christians baptized each other. <laughs> now, we don't need Mormon authority for anything because Jesus has all authority. And 3,000 people were saved listening to Peter's sermon that day. And Peter did not, you can read it yourself, Peter did not teach any polygamy, nor did he teach any Mormon doctrine as part of God's plan for our celestial glory. All he taught about was Jesus because Jesus is everything. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.